Hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome to Bible on the Beach. Today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. And we'll pick it up in verse 11. I want to remind you that the reason why I do these is uh, uh, disciples making disciples, churches planting churches. I want to make sure that you have an understanding of, uh, of God's word for your life so that you can be encouraged, so you can keep learning, you can keep growing, and you won't be intimidated uh, to share. This is one of the reasons I, I come down here. Um, I live over that hill behind me and I drive down here. This is not a green screen. It's just a guy with a camera who comes down. I'm determined. I feel called by God to teach the whole Bible on the beach <clears throat> uh, 20 minutes at a time. So that's why I come down here and do this. Today, let's get into it with uh, Acts chapter 3, uh, verse 11. Now, <clears throat> dumbfounded over what they were witnessing. Now, remember, they had just seen Peter and John pray for this man at the gate who God healed. It said strength went into him and strengthened him so that he could walk. And he ran around praising God, telling everybody that God had healed him. Now, a crowd ran over to Peter and John, who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was the healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. Now, you can imagine the uproar <coughs> that was caused here by this very powerful, very public miracle. Now, not all miracles are public and powerful. Some are small and silent, but this one was powerful and it was public. And so you can imagine there was a large crowd that had come to gather around and to hear what it was that Peter was about to say. Now, Peter, having blown it in the past, having been confronted three times before Jesus's crucifixion, about if he ever knew Jesus and he denied him three different times, Peter now did not drop the ball. He, Peter rose to the occasion, just like we had seen him prior to this uh, in Acts chapter 2, <clears throat> and he begins to tell everybody what's happening here. Now look at verse 12. He says, With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them all, People of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed? by this healing. Now, why was he saying this? Well, because they had obviously seen Jesus do healings before. He had taken the fish and the loaves and he had multiplied it. He had fed 5,000 people. So by this time, Jesus and his miracles, they were well known, especially in this area. So this is why he's saying, why are you amazed? And it's the reason why they were amazed is because people can see a miracle but they still haven't had their heart change. <clears throat> the more your heart changes for God, the less miracles you need to see. Miracles happen because God is trying to soften the heart of people so they'll open up their life to Him. That's the function of a miracle. <clears throat> now He says here, why do you stare at us? We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority. So he says right away, we didn't do this. <clears throat> Again, 
you notice the humility with Peter. He says, look, we didn't do this. God did it. So he gives credit where credit is due. That's what a wise person does. He doesn't ask people to point at him or her. He asks people to point to God. God's doing it. God gets the credit. God gets the glory. Now, he says the God of our ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has done this. Again, he gives credit to God. He gives credit where credit is due. Do you give credit where credit is due in your life? Or do you simply take the credit for all of the good things that happen in your life? And then you tell everyone, oh, yeah, but well, I did it, and it was my hard work, and blah, 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 blah. Or do you say, no, 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 man, God, I mean, God gave me the strength, and he gave me the mind, and he gave me the connections, and he gave me the ability. But ultimately, he did it. He helped me do it. He did it through me. Now, he says, for he has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied to Pilate's face when he, when he decided to release him. So he's, he's going back now, and he's saying, look, Jesus is the one <clears throat> who did this. Jesus was the one who performed this miracle. Remember Jesus? He was the one that you traded <laughs> for Barabbas. You traded Barabbas for Jesus. You remember this. You brought him before Pilate. It was that guy that you chose to crucify. He's the one that did this miracle. <clears throat> you see, God will always give you the courage to tell the truth, even if it's hurtful. You see, sometimes before we get our healing, we have to be hurt by the truth. Say that again. Sometimes before we get our healing, we have to be hurt by the truth. After you're hurt by the truth, then you can be healed. Some, some of us have gotten where we're at in our life because of our own stubbornness, our own addictions, and our own stupid choices. Now, that might sound hurtful, but it's the truth. So when we accept that, and then we get humility, and we say, now, Lord, now by your grace, I don't want to make stupid choices. Now by your grace, I want to make... Uh, good decisions in my life and then God says I'm going to be with you now now you're demonstrating some humility <clears throat> now he says and you decided to release him and you insisted that he be crucified verse 14 you rejected the one who is holy and righteous now he says Jesus is holy and righteous and you turned away from him that's what we all do we all turn away from Jesus who is holy and righteous and instead you begged for a murderer to be released. You killed the Prince of Life, the God raised him from the dead, and we stand here as witnesses to that fact. So they say, look, you killed Jesus. We stand here as a testimony to the fact that he was resurrected and still working miracles. Now, faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. Jesus's name healed this man. Jesus's name will heal our lives. We just have to say it. Jesus. Jesus, come and heal me. 
and Jesus will come and heal you. In fact, you can even say that right now. You can say, Jesus, would you come and heal me in my life right now? I need your help and I need your grace and God will do it. God will come help you. <clears throat> it says, it is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that he has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. So they're saying, okay, what's going on here? Peter's like, it's Jesus. Jesus did it. Jesus brought the healing. Jesus is performing all this miracle right now. Give all the glory and all the credit to him. And if you do that, he didn't just change this guy's life, but he can change your life too. In fact, the reason why he did this miracle was to get you to soften your heart and open up your life to him. Now he says in verse 17, My fellow Jews, I realize that neither you nor your leaders realize the grave mistake you've made. You see, sometimes we don't realize our own mistakes, and that's what was happening here. And he points this out. He says, I understand that you don't even understand the mistake that you've made. Now, you know that God is gracious when he overlooks the decisions we've made that we don't even understand are our fault and that our responsibility. But in spite of what you've done, God has fulfilled what he foretold through the prophets long ago about the sufferings of his anointed one. And now, and now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed. Now, how do we get into a right, a right relationship with God? We have to repent and turn back to God. Repent means you're doing one thing and you stop doing it and you turn back to God that's what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't with your words. It's with your actions. It's in your heart. <clears throat> what is something in your life that you need to repent of right now? Think about it. The Holy Spirit will show you. And then God will tell you, I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to turn your life around. <clears throat> I want you to turn back to me. So following Jesus means that we repent. We stop doing ungodly things we start doing godly things that's what it means to be a sincere follower <clears throat> Jesus now he says your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence I want to stop right there the Lord's presence is always refreshing this is one of the reasons why we mostly just worship and prayer when we gather together in in, um, at the beach or in backyards or in coffee shops because or people's homes because I've learned that when the Lord's presence is there that's when the refreshing comes if there's anything that we need in our world today it's refreshing we need to be refreshed those who follow Jesus need to be refreshed. Those who don't follow Jesus need to be refreshed. But it only happens when we invite the presence of God into our lives to, to totally <clears throat> refresh us. And he says, And he will send you Jesus, the Messiah, the appointed one, for he must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place, fulfilling everything that God said long ago through his holy prophets. For he has not told <clears throat> Moses for... Has not Moses told us, the Lord your God will raise you up a prophet from among you who is like me? Listen to him and follow everything he tells you. 
Every person who disobeys that prophet will be cut off and completely destroyed. Verse 24, in fact, every prophet from the time of Samuel onward has prophesied of these very days, and you are heirs of the prophecies and of the covenant God made with your fathers when he promised Abraham your descendant will bring blessing to all the people on the earth. Now, he's reminding them that God wanted to bring a blessing and bring uh, the favor upon them through their lives to spread it to all the earth through Jesus. That's what Jesus wants to do in our life. He wants to speak to us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to anoint us so that we can be a blessing to others. That's his plan for our life. Now look at verse 26. Now that God <clears throat> raised up his son, he has chosen to send him first to you that he might bless you by turning each of you from your wickedness. So God always gives us the chance to turn away from our wickedness, repent, turn back to God, and be refreshed. That's God's plan. Repent, turn to him, be blessed, and be refreshed in your life. I want to invite you to do that right now. I want you to say, God, would you help me to repent from the things that you bring in my mind right now? Would you help me to follow you right now? Would you help me to turn back to you? And then right now, God, would you refresh my mind and refresh my spirit and refresh my life? And if you mean that right now, God is going to help you do it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for tuning in for Bible on the Beach today. Uh, it's my hope that this encourages you and helps you to grow. If you liked what you heard, if you'll hit subscribe and share this with someone uh, else that listens to it, uh, I believe strongly in just word of mouth stuff. That's why I come down here and do this. And this started <clears throat> over two years ago with a, a Bible study at a jiu-jitsu studio and just through prayer and trying to be sincere and trying to help other people get water. We've now helped plant 13 churches in five countries. It's blown my mind. And God's asked me to come down here and teach the whole Bible on the beach 20 minutes at a time. So I'm being faithful. I hope this encourages you. And I hope God's speaking words of life into you as you watch this or listen to this. And I ask that God will bless you. And until next time, I hope you have a great day.